Welcome to another episode of Paul Tom Power, Power System Designs podcast on the latest in power and power design. I'm your host, Alex Paul, and today I've got Dave Friedman. He's the CEO of Ayla Networks. They're a solutions provider for the uh, Internet of Things, which is the really hot buzzword right now, isn't it, Dave? Welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me, Alex. Yeah, oh, I'd say uh, certainly Internet of Things uh, from when we started the company in 2010 until now has uh, sort of made quantum progress in terms of focus on the in- from the industry. Now, is it still f- fair to just simply say Internet of Things, or has the market fraction and break into different application spaces that are going to differentiate themselves? Uh, you know, it's sort of yes and yes. It is just a phrase. Uh, and so Internet of Things is a little bit uh, non-descriptive in its own particular way. But what we like about it, at least at Ayla, is actually the word things is pretty important. It's not the Internet of mobile phones or the Internet of computers. It's things. And so the, really maybe the most important part of that is you actually can be almost any system architecture, moving any type of data, and how those things are going to intercommunicate is again, in, in, in almost an unknown manner. And so, you know, we're a platform provider. Our platform has to somehow manage the fact that the, there's such a high degree of fragmentation among things. Right. Well, I mean, and that's where it boils back to is uh, the cloud, not to use another uh, bit of quote-unquote jargon, as it were, but the bottom line is is that uh, – you could call it the revenge of thin client if you like. The bottom line is is that uh, web internet-based data infrastructure providing uh, logic and memory support and such to all of these connected devices. I mean, you're talking about everything from locomotives to buildings to smart earrings. Yeah, and it, you know, I'm a former Intel guy, so I think it, it's actually, I was talking to someone earlier today, that thin client thing is correct. It is really just a system architecture um, decision-making process. And in a jet engine, you need to have a lot of processing at the jet engine to make real-time decisions. Uh, with a light switch and you want to do voice activation, if you happen to have a one-second latency between you saying turn on the light and the light turns on, no worries. And so a light switch can have an 8-bit microcontroller and join the Internet of Things, a locomotive perhaps is a bit different in how it's architected. Right. Well, but for example, there is a company um, that makes the uh, IGBT driver boards with AMD uh, chips on them so that you can actually monitor the uh, locomotives remotely, everything down to the um, IGBT temperatures, how fast the train's going, all kinds of information now that you couldn't get previously remotely via telemetry. No, I mean, that's fair, but to me, the computer, when you say the cloud, I guess what you're saying, again, thin client means if I'm able to uh, do what I need, uh, then I can move the com- computation to the cloud. Still, by right. the way, the fact is what you just described is I can monitor something, but if I have to do real-time activity, you need all that horsepower on the device. You just don't need that. Let's just say for 99.9% from a volume perspective of the things out there, that's correct. You can move the compute power to the cloud or most. Well, actually, isn't that what Google Glass does for their voice recognition? It doesn't do it inside the device. 
that's too well, powerful. Siri, Siri, when you say hello, Siri, it's never doing it on your phone. It's going to the cloud. Right. Well, AI exists, but it still takes up too much space to reside inside your little pocket genie device. That's correct. So now bandwidth and, you know, latency and all that is just still good enough. That's not the bottleneck. Right. Now, one of the bottlenecks involves, of course, RF uh, bandwidth, RF power and such. Another uh, involves the data. What's, what are some of the ones you see? Um, I mean, so one of the biggest, so the biggest bottleneck to all this happening, we sort of joked about in the beginning, like the, the, the bottleneck between the Jetsons and where we are is if you think about what it really takes to build an amazing connected product that joins networks effortlessly, that works with Android devices and iOS devices, and as those platforms change, just continues to do it, it stores and manages everything in a secure that takes a lot of expertise under the roof of a manufacturing company typically, and they just don't have it. The biggest hurdle is if you look at all the companies who make the things, it is not a typical in-house expertise to do networking security certificates, data, and analytics. Got it. Yeah, got we're really trying it. to solve that. So, in fact, you know, a lot of your listeners, they're amazing at system design, but that system, at least historically, has not involved writing massive amounts of Ruby and Java code and figuring out how to um, manage unstructured data. But now the system is no longer a thermostat. It is a thermostat connected to a virtual thermostat connected to perhaps some other cloud and to an application. That is now the product. And the hurdle is are the many gaps required to build that product. Right, right. Now, what are some of the um – Obviously, that involves a lot in the software realm and in protocols and a lot of things that don't involve the devices themselves. But what are some of the challenges you see on the device side? Well, so then again, in that system architecture, power is a big one. And in terms of latency, so a radio, when it's turned off, doesn't use much power. And so it's from the system design, it's really figuring out the optimization of power is a big one. So certain elements like door locks, you know, you really want low latency and yet it's not powered and it has batteries and more batteries add bulk. So it's what we find is there's a lot of challenges related to industrial design, power, latency. Those are some of the most critical, I guess, decisions on the device. side. Now the, the cloud, once you have something where the cloud is always ready and listening, it does start to ease some of these things because today in many of the networks, there's no guarantee that the message from another device will be stored. So you mm -hmm. may have a product that says, so in Wi-Fi, for example, say, I'm going to send you a message. But if you're asleep or off the network, the access points don't store that message for you. There's no, uh, let's say, industry standard way to say that message may or may not be stored. The way AILA is designed, for example, and the way a lot of these newer systems are designed is there is, call it that mailbox in the cloud that stores that message if for some reason the product is designed in such a way that it wakes up infrequently to check for a message. And, of course, these are like updates. So there are a lot of devices now that can wake up every six hours. I mean, very, very efficient power design and say, hey, okay, I'm going to see no message, got it back to sleep and get multi-year battery life, just for example. Right, right. Well, and, and the engineers, well, especially the ones in our audience, are working on systems of that nature as, literally as we speak. Um, yep. And, and there are a lot of challenges. Do you have any advice for them? Uh, 
Well, again, I, I, it's an interesting thing. I guess one of the listen, there's a lot smarter than I am, so it's fine. I'm laughing at myself. <laughs> first of all, the one, my first advice is don't listen to me. But uh, I guess in, in terms of what we see for system design is our theory. Again, my last company was actually acquired by Microchip, and we learned a lot. We just learned that there is a microcontroller that is a perfect fit for a product. And one of the nice things, at least, is if you are considering a project today and you're considering adding Internet networking and cloud and so on, it's actually not that hard. That's the beautiful thing. Whether it's Ayla or other companies, there are platforms out there where we're not forcing you to now switch to Linux just because you want your boiler or water heater to connect to the Internet. You can choose the appropriate chipsets, memories, and all the configuration and not burden it with way more code than you need. And find these platforms, and I, I, I guess you don't have to be scared by the fact that I've never done cloud before. I don't want to manage servers. I don't know how to do that, and, and so on. I think, again, it can be full speed ahead. It's just do the right Google searching, right? You know, look at look at. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't really want to plug it that much. I think uh, uh, this stuff is going to happen. I think the only thing I would say is. What we are finding today in the market is almost one in four or one in five manufacturers that we speak with are now interested in doing something. It is, a, it is an incredibly high number. And, and what I'm finding is it is not just because we as users get to use our phones and tablets as remote controls. It's warranty, service, and maintenance. So as you design the system, some of the data in your system, now this is in your code, you actually can unlock that data, get it to the cloud so your engineers can make better decisions, so marketing can really understand how the products are being used, and you can do warranty and manage that type of thing. That's like, it's not big data, it's actually it's just little data. We, right. we talk to companies, well. exactly, they say, well, gee, I, of my products, I'm a leader in the market, I sell these, whatever the device is, for about $300, and every year for warranty coverage, I find that millions of dollars worth of product is shipped back to me that actually still works. When things are connected to the cloud, you can dramatically change that math. And so I guess what I'd also say is as one thinks about connecting something, don't just limit yourself to you, you know, the, the phone as a remote control, the touchscreen as a remote control, but how your company can better operate now that you're able to get the data and build in those capabilities in, into your code. Got it. That makes a lot of sense, Dave. It really does. Now, I know you didn't want to plug Ayla, but at least give us a quick nutshell elevator pitch of just general service uh, overview. Okay, sure. Uh, Again, our theory is it's really hard to build products like the Kindle, which is firmware in a device that just seamlessly connects to the Internet and to applications and so on. And we really want to make it easy for manufacturers to onboard their devices to the Internet of Things, which just means what Ayla does is we provide all the software that's required to do this. And and what I mean by that, all the networking. So we partner with, say, some of the leading Wi-Fi chip companies like Broadcom, and we just announced Marvell. And Mm -hmm. we essentially work with them so that their chips have our software already in them. And these chips then become kind of like modems that connect devices to our cloud. It does all the security, though, and all of the networking, all of the, call it the local area network required and wide area network uh, software to connect up to 
our cloud, and our cloud provides a UI so that our customers can build virtual devices that connect to the, to the tangible device. Now, what's important is by making these chips into modems, our customers get to use a little 8-bit micro. We give them a UART driver, a SPI driver, which takes, you know, 20 kilobytes of code. Mm-hmm. And that's it. And they, they decide they, they connect their thermostats or their water heaters or their dog bowl water monitor to the cloud. They build virtual devices just with a UI. There's no software there. And that connects to application libraries. Now, just as important, we also provide this software not just in Wi-Fi chips, but also in Linux. So we've demonstrated, and we have customers using Zigbee and Z-Wave, and when Thread becomes big and so on. So we don't worry about these protocol battles. We enable IP endpoints to connect to the cloud and then leverage and, and manage and host those devices and then be able to manage the data. So we store all the data for our customers and give them oh, the tools really to then learn from the data. Right. Well, and that's the key, right, because a lot of these people want the functionality but don't completely understand how to achieve it through the software side of the house and that whole infrastructure issue. So, no, I think it's quite important for companies like yours to help the hardware-oriented people get into the new software-oriented cloud-supported environment. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and so when they do that, they can even start focusing on industrial design and, and other things and then their application. And the application now becomes, you know, your window of your brand to consumers too who, or whomever your end users are. So uh, there's a lot of areas now where uh, these customers can get things done and really start to enter this sort of new age of the Internet uh, easily. Agreed, agreed. Now, Dave, uh, one of the things I always like to do uh, on this uh, podcast is give my guests the last word. Uh, <laughs> partly, I, I tend to talk a lot. Well, my wife never allows me to do that. That's great. There you go. It could be a little bit more about uh, ALA or it could be something about the market or just a tip for our audience, but uh, the floor is yours. Okay, look, I mean, I guess our general theory about this market is, you know, really, I'm not an engineer, I'm a history guy, so we look at it and we say, well, the Internet is just this evolutionary force, and it starts with DARPA, and it goes to PCs. We had this awkward period when we had feature phones, and now we go to these mobile devices. Each time there's a platform that evolves, that, that, that grows, and then we have a huge amount of applications built on that. And each time as this evolutionary of the force, I'm sorry, force of the Internet grows, it really does disrupt markets. And the key disruption is really the haves and the have-nots with respect to the, the, the folks who have figured out how to leverage the data. Mm-hmm. And so Amazon's a perfect example. It is a force in retail. It wasn't here, I don't know, 20 years ago or whatever the number is, but uh, now it is massive. And they use your browser as this data tool to figure out how to better and better tailor a product for you. And we think the Internet of Things is really no different. Our real goal is the networking is table stakes. The real goal for manufacturers and how they should view the world and engineers, therefore, is I will differentiate or win in the market now based on knowing how my products are being used versus my competitor who may not know. 
And that, that is really what we're aiming for. Internet of Things is about leveraging data to build better products, to add features that your customers to want, to have a much better service and warranty maintenance, and, of course, a better user experience. Well, we all want to do that, right? The, the best product's one that makes the customer ecstatic. So I, yeah, but, I'm really and how glad do you know? To... The thing is, it's the data that helps you understand, really, is your customer happy and what are they doing? Again, all this get does securely anonymized. It's not Dave Friedman's information. It's a user with a sort of just a code. But still, now we have a good idea of how to make better and better products. Right. Well, and, and exactly. And the key is to make the better product, especially in the case of, of uh, our audience there, the, the pressures and the cycles, the development cycles are so short nowadays, it's ridiculous. So it really is good to be able to get that kind of insight from someone like you, Dave. So I really am glad you came by the show. Yeah, no problem. It's great speaking with you. Oh, the pleasure's ours. And we'll drag you back another time, definitely. So thank you so much. Okay. And I'd like to thank everybody out there. Oh, no problem. And I'd like to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paulton of Paulton Power. Have a great day.